Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Open World. Hi Lali, hi Meli, hi everyone from the other side of the world of the screen. Today we are happy to have uh, an amazing guest who considers himself as a happy person and someone with a couple of years under his belt. He has worked in Star Wars, Pokemon, League of Legends, Fortnite, Far Cry. We have today with us Theo Cooney. Theo, welcome to Open World. Thank you for, for being here today. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you, Theo. A pleasure. A pleasure. So I think that the first question that we should ask you is, who are you? Can you walk us uh, through a little bit about your career, how you started, uh, what did you study? And first of all, want. yeah, what do you do to be happy? Like, why do you consider yourself a happy person? Because I want to know, like, for real. All right, I, I'll try <laughs> to answer the advice you can get from it. Um, yeah, it's. I think. I think it's a very unique thing to to uh, each individual. Uh, it's about being able to know the limit between compromise and sacrifice. Uh, about being yourself, true to yourself and your values, and sometimes being able to make uh, hard choices, like leaving a company where you're just not happy because of a toxic environment. Those kind of things. Uh, it, it takes some time and it's not an objective you reach, it's a path so you constantly try to change, evolve and take a step back and uh, for me being happy is being surrounded with what I call my free F, so family, friends and food. Uh, I'm, I'm French so that's what matters the most, I travel a lot, yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, video games and um, try to think what I want to do, where I want to be and, and, and try to reach this objective, this is my happiness. I love it. I love it. Yeah. What, a, what a great start for the episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and to go back to your question, Alexi, yes, I can try to yeah. introduce myself. Uh, it's not an easy question, uh, never easy. Uh, my name is Theo Kini. Um, I was born in a small place called Monaco, uh, and I grew up between Monaco and Paris. Um, I've been working in the video games industry for about 17 years now. Uh, my uh, career is a little bit unconventional, I would say, because I have no degree, no diploma. You ask about the studies, uh, I, I did not do any. Um, so back in the days, uh, that was synonym to failure. Uh, you wouldn't be able to, oh, you would be told that you wouldn't be able to have a career, to be successful, to earn enough money. Uh, and uh, with this idea in mind, I worked in a supermarket, in fast food, in a library, uh, I worked in a retail, I worked in a toy shop, and until I got uh, 23. Uh, 23, this is when uh, my life changed. Uh, with the support of my family and my brother, I took a one-year visa to Montreal, uh, which uh, a city I love, I cherish. And uh, when I got there, I applied to about all video games company. Uh, it's, it's, still, it's still a core place for, for the industry. And I think I worked about two to three weeks in a bakery. I, I guess I was, I'm French, so that was easy to get into a bakery. <laughs> and uh, before, uh, yeah, Ubisoft called me for an interview, and uh, that was a start. So I worked as a functionality QA tester at Ubisoft. My first project was a Far Cry game. And uh, I, they get me what for the entire What a start. Yeah, well, no, actually, no. It sounds like it, but that's the game they buried and tried to make everybody forget. Uh, uh, that was a far cry yeah, for the Wii. I remember that. Nintendo Wii, uh, it was terrible. But yeah. I was happy. 
that was a great start still. Um, and, uh, and yeah, um, they kept me for the entire duration of my visa. Uh, then I had to go back to France. I worked for Ubisoft uh, near Paris. Um, then I moved to UK. I worked for Codemasters uh, for, on Dungeons and Dragons Online and uh, uh, Lord of the Rings Online for one year. Uh, then I moved to Madrid, which is a city I, I also love. Uh, I worked for Electronic Arts, great place. Um, and this is when I started my journey in localization. Um, after EA, I got my first permanent contract. I moved to Dublin. I worked uh, with uh, on League of Legends with Riot Games for three years and a half. And then I moved to Berlin. I uh, got hired by Epic Games to work on Fortnite, four years and a half. Um, I got short contract here and there because it took me some time to get a permanent contract. So. I had like two months in Milan, like three months in Texas. I worked in Malaga for four months. Like, it's it was a little chaotic journey. And uh, recently, with COVID, I got back to France and uh, I worked at Paris Saint-Germain for Club for a year, but that's not related to video games. And I got hired by Tencent Games. I worked for. Uh, um, remotely, like for a year, and now it's been about four months. Uh, I decided to take some time for myself and travel around the world and uh, spend some time with my free F. So yeah, that's Lovely. about it now. Well, what a ride so far! Yeah, just following following my guts, and uh, it takes me to all different places. Yeah, like different different jobs and different places of the world, literally. <laughs> like, like, yeah, and, and I'm not done yet. I'm about to release a, a, a very humble uh, closing brand this summer, hopefully. Uh, so like nothing to do. And I'm working on a salad bar concept in my city where I live. So nothing to do. I just like, yeah, listen to my guts and, and follow what seems We're to gonna be We're going to need the thing. links. We're going to need yeah. the links from your websites, your web stores and... Them of course, of course. That's I would be happy cool. to share Is that something that you were, you've always been interested in? And like, this is one of your interests that you thought having a clothing brand, or how did you come up with this? Uh, it was, idea? It was uh, somewhere in the back of my mind for a while. And um, the, the, the theme is very specific. It's about skulls, uh, so it's not for everybody. Um, but I, I'm, a, I'm a fan. And because I travel a lot, I always try to to buy something like a pair of socks or a t-shirt with skulls, like everyone in the world. And actually, I found it very hard to find something that I liked. Uh, it's quite often very um, yeah, stereotypical. So I thought I would try to make myself like to make a brand that I would actually be happy to wear and share. And uh, COVID actually, COVID made me do it. Uh, I had a lot of time. I wanted to grow, I wanted to learn, I wanted to have challenges, I knew nothing about it, I made a lot of mistakes, it was terrible, uh, but yeah, that's a learning experience. And, uh, that's how now you learn, I, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And now um, I'm about to launch a V2, a, a friend joined me, he's taking care of the Instagram, uh, we fixed a lot of mistakes and uh, it's it's quite rewarding to uh, to see it growing slowly and uh, let's see what happens with it. And like I said, it's very humble, no... No big, big uh, goals or objectives, but still happy to, to release it. That's amazing. That's amazing. I think uh, we can tell from just the, the short stories that you've been telling us how like, you're open to the different life experiences. Sometimes it, it's taking you to different places. Um, and now I'm wondering, and this is like going back to <laughs> localization. Um, and I know you've, you know, you've, you've tried different things uh, and then different, different companies. But in general, 
what would you say are some of like hard and soft skills that one needs to work in video game localization? Yeah, um, the answer may differ depending on who you ask. Uh, um, for some people, uh, it might be a bit technical about knowing all the tools and the CAD tools. Uh, for some people, project management is very important, especially if you're willing to grow uh, from a location specialist translator to, to something bigger at some point. Um, but that's some things you can learn uh, with practice um, if, if you have the motivation and the passion and the patience uh, about the soft skills, which I, I care more about. I'm, I'm more um, interested in the human side of the job. So for me, that would be uh, patience. Uh, you need a lot of patience. You need to some diplomacy, uh, creativity, proactivity. We work in a very fast-paced environment uh, in localization. Things change a lot. Even when you think it's ready, it might change when you wake up. So uh, you need to be structured, organized, um, and that's not something you easily learn. You need some methodology. Uh, you should not be afraid of asking people, like, if you see someone doing something good, well, uh, you shouldn't be afraid to ask and say, hey, by the way, like, do you, when you have the time, a uh, couple of minutes to explain to me how you do this. Uh, it's important to, to, to be humble about that, to ask questions a lot. Uh, we know that localization on text is extremely important. So don't stay there with just your questions because you might end up with frustration and not a, a not so good delivery. Um, and also we work in a very multicultural environment uh, with people from different horizons all around the world in uh, uh, all possible time zones. Uh, with different backgrounds, uh, beliefs, uh, education as well. So it's important always to take a step back, be humble, to not judge, and to yeah, be patient, ask questions. Uh, it's it's I see that a lot. I see that a lot in my career, and it's very important to yeah, take a step back, and and you also may interact with with dev team, audio team, video team, publishing. Um, they all have their own priorities. Um, so it's okay. Leave the frustration aside and, and be patient, ask questions, uh, and diplomacy a lot, a lot. It's, it's very important in this, uh, in my opinion, in this environment. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Like, patience, <laughs> like the first one, patience, yes, 100%. So what would you say there are the best practices that you have acquired throughout your career that you can recommend to our audience? Um, yeah, one of the most uh, useful for me, because uh, I, I know myself and uh, you all have like pros and cons, let's say. I know Absolutely. that my brain, my brain goes everywhere like all the time. I have a lot of ideas and, and it's, it's hard for me to focus and to, uh, to, to keep track of things. So one of the things I, I put in place is methodology with emails, for example. Uh, there's a feature that I use a lot uh, in my professional life and my private life is uh, markers and red uh, feature. Uh, especially when you're frustrated, uh, it's very important to, it's okay, markers and red, get back to it later um, when you have the right time to, to answer. Um, sometimes one of the things that is also important, you can actually answer and say, I'll get back to you in a minute or in an hour or tomorrow. Uh, do not let the people believe that you don't care or anything, so communication is extremely important. Um, as a methodology 
you have tools, a lot of tools available everywhere. Uh, Marina, for example, is sharing a lot of uh, useful tips and videos about localization on, uh, on, on a, a weekly basis. Uh, it's, it's very important. Um, you can have some videos on YouTube like MemoQ, Trados, they post a lot of videos as well. You have forums specializing in localization where you can ask about filters, about how we import a file. So it's, you cannot master everything. Uh, you constantly learn, even if you have like 35 years of experience, so it doesn't matter, like the technology evolves, uh, the industry evolves, so there's always new features, and never be afraid to say, I don't know, please explain, I'm not sure I understand. That's the kind of, uh, of methodology I would try to teach to people if I can. And also, thank God for Google, like, you can Google <laughs> stuff, you can... Exactly. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. I've, been, I've been in those situations, yeah. It's there. It's, it's all in your mind. It's all in your mind. Yeah. So it's, it's up to you to, uh, to be humble, take a step back again, and, and, and okay, acknowledge that you don't know, or you can yeah. be better. So always find yeah. the opportunity to grow, and it's, it's out there. So take it. 100%. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And I love the fact that <clears throat> all of these things are, again, kind of a, on the soft skill side, you know, and how to make yourself better uh, through things uh, and the red mark thing it, it's a visual thing yeah. i can really you have to, to like learn about yourself too because maybe yeah. that doesn't work for you but maybe if you're listening to this and be like hey that might work for me like yeah so awesome. there's one thing that i learned over time uh and and uh, not necessarily the easy way is we are in a very competitive environment. I talk about acquisition, but life is just competitive about jobs, about everything, about everything is competitive. Uh, Instagram makes you compare yourself to people all the time. And, oh and God, it's, yeah. yes, exactly. And, and in your job, it's, uh, you, it's easy to blame yourself or feel bad because you're not good at something. And it's actually okay. It, it's okay. It's okay to fail. It's okay to try. Just try again. Just try again. Find the way. Like, I'm not good at uh, focusing. I will never be that the way I am. So I found a way to help me go through this. And it's okay. I don't have to fix myself. I have tools around me, uh, filters that can help me do the job without compromising I, on myself. I love that. Yeah, I, love that. I don't terrible. have to fix myself. I have to find a way to make it work with how I am and how to, yeah. I love that. You, you were talking you about much. the Alexi about the soft skills. This is the most, maybe the most important thing for me. Uh, mm -hmm. I often ended up in situations where we had to hire people, uh, and you can have on one side a profile with a lot of experience, uh, with all the hard skills, let's say, but you're not sure that person is going to be a good fit. Uh, and for me, I would thousand times like I would, I would may, most likely pick uh, a person with passion, patience, uh, diplomacy may be new to the job and willing to learn, to grow, and, and I would just fit, and I would really want to work with that person in a year, in two years and more. So, yeah. That's, That's beautiful. Great. That's beautiful. <laughs> Inspiring. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, okay, so to move a little bit up from, from work, because we work in localization, we work with video games, right? So this question splits in two. So, what are your all-time favorite games and what are you playing right now if you are and if you're not what would you like to play right now that it's like oh i can't i'm just traveling too much 
drunk. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that. really, it's true, it's true. That's not easy. Um, okay. It's not an easy question. Uh, I think I was three years old. The first time I got my hands on a video game, that was on an Amstrad uh, in 1985. That's how old I am. Um, <laughs> and uh, because I have older brothers, I, I also got the chance to play on Amiga, uh, M05, uh, Macintosh, like those. I, I think I own almost all consoles. So my favorite games of all times, it's, it's not an easy question, but I would say Maybe uh, Secret of Mana was one of them uh, on Super Nintendo. EverQuest, because I got the chance to play with my uh, bigger brothers. That was a big thing for me. Uh, yeah. Might and Magic 6, uh, Might and Magic 3, Heroes of Might and Magic, uh, yeah. Diablo 2, Witcher 3, Borderlands, <laughs> um, Last of Us, big, big heart to Last of yeah. Us 1 and 2, uh, Plague yeah. Bill, Diablo 2, Duke Nukem, Doom, like those old classics. That, that's my, yeah, what brought me here. Yeah. And about the second part of the question, um, uh, what I'm playing right now, I'm playing Sherlock Holmes. I think Lara, you playing it or? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, yeah. I finished it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I, I saw you. I was not expecting that. <laughs> Don't spoil it for him. No spoilers. Yeah, yeah, I'm only in like chapter four because uh, I I started before the travel and then I came back. I played a few hours and then I, I left again. Uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, Lovecraft uh, universe. Oh, same. Um, mm-hmm. So I I had to get my hands on it. I'm enjoying it a lot at the moment. Uh, that's the only game I'm playing because. Like you said, Alexi, I'm, I'm traveling a lot, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, sure. and I'm actually when I'm traveling, actually I'm um, I'm playing an old game, Might and Magic Six, um, <laughs> a bit of Evan, which is like a 20 or 25 years old game, uh, because it, I can save and quit. I don't have to commit too much. And again, right. I would like to play um, the new Diablo, I think, um, but I'm, I'm going to wait a bit. You should. I, I, yeah, it's, it's harder for me. It's harder and harder to to accept to spend like uh, 70, 80, 90 euros on a game. And especially because I know myself, uh, I will play like 20 hours straight and then it's going to be gone. And that's yeah. it. So I'm going to wait for it to be on, on well, sale. And yeah. By the time that we are recording this episode, we still don't have, for instance, I don't know, armor sets or there aren't any like the breaches that you could enter in Diablo 3, you know, the dungeons. So, but we're going to have new content and updates and new seasons by October. So it can only get better. So if you wait it out, it's going to be even better. So you're on the right track. Yeah, and I'm also traveling so much. I don't want to start playing and then I have to put it on hold for like uh, three weeks. You won't be able to. Exactly, that's why I'm waiting. Yeah. yeah, I'm curious. How do you, how do you play? Like when you're traveling, do you take your computer with you, or do you, like? I I have my laptop uh, almost always with me because I'm I'm working on this uh, closing brand that's taking a lot of time. Uh, I'm working on a different project as well, uh, so I need to have my laptop with me uh, most of the time. And uh, but I don't want to commit to because I'm traveling. It's beautiful outside. I don't want to spend like ten <laughs> hours on, on a row. So I'm taking like an old game I played, and it's okay to. This is how I play it. Uh, I used to play on mobile, not anymore. Uh, I'm just got annoyed with the uh, mechanics and the uh, pay to win. Uh, it was great to hear like your yeah, just uh, what games you like, and just hear about all your career and from all your experience. I imagine from 
when you started to right now there's been a lot of changes but how do you think like technological advances kind of impacted that uh, from when you started to right now like yeah, video that's, that's an excellent question um as I told you, I joined Ubisoft in 2006. This is when my life changed. Uh, 2006, the internet was around for about 10 years, a bit more. Um, 2006, it's the first uh, translation release from, from MOQ. Uh, so I, yeah. I saw it. Uh, you saw it. You saw it, get, you saw it born. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Uh, the year after 2007 was the first uh, translation product from SDL and Trados uh, as well. So it's it's it all it was all new, very exciting, uh, very buggy. Uh, there was a lot of frustration, crashes, very slow. You had to be careful about how many words you would put in the database because not no space. Uh, but but it, it evolves so fast and so well. Nowadays, like you can, it just take a few seconds to get something translated by a machine, and it's going to be the result's going to be very good. Uh, and uh, about that, I think. It's um, natural and inevitable uh, evolution. Um, and I'm actually looking forward for uh, some fields. If you think about, like take me for example, I, I lived in six different countries uh, and we live in a world where uh, more and more you have like migration fluxes uh, between countries, between, it doesn't matter anymore. You can be, you can be Spanish, Chinese, doesn't matter. You can end up in any country uh, and it's gonna be kind of okay. Uh, now about medical, Legal administration, it's very difficult. Uh, as an anecdote, I, I ended up myself in a hospital, like emergency units at like two or three and some years ago, and I found myself translating the symptoms from a Mexican woman to a French nurse because she couldn't explain. And, and, and now I imagine like what could happen with technology in a few years where it doesn't matter uh, where you are, who you are, and uh, the barrier will uh, will fall. So I think it's very important. Now about localization, uh, video games, it's it's a bit different. Um, there's one thing that technology will not take away. It's a difference between translation and localization. Uh, if you want a great product, the best product for your audience, um, for your global audience, you need emotion. You need a, a joke. You need... Uh, um, synonym better than a different one you need a cultural exception and for that you need good people so it's a natural evolution it's going to bring a lot uh, but for video games and movies and entertainment industry i think we still have a bright future for uh, location people absolutely i love that it, yeah yeah it I agree with you, there's so much talk nowadays about ai and how it's changing our industry so it's really interesting to hear your opinion yeah. about it from the video game absolutely. absolutely because it also says that um it shows how much you care about the video game if you are actually putting the emotion if you're actually taking care of that kind of stuff and not letting technology be too involved in the process exactly um, i mean you are terra localizations you you work with a lot of uh, developer studios AI or not, it doesn't change anything. The companies that does not want to put effort, involve money, or, or provide context, they don't care. If they don't care, they don't care. AI doesn't change anything. Um, this is what localization is about. It's a group of people working on the same objective. It doesn't matter if you're inside the company, what role or title you have, or it doesn't matter. So, yeah, it's... Absolutely, absolutely. So, 
I'm going back again with the advices because I think that you are such a notable, notable person. Like, oh my God, uh, what advice would you give to someone who wants to pursue a professional journey in the AAA industry? Because it's just like hearing you speak and all the emotion and all that you've been through is just incredible. Like, I'm amazed. Yeah. And before you start, Theo, <clears throat> I love that when you walked us through a, a bit about your, uh, uh, when you walked us through your journey, you made it sound seamless, but at the same time, not simple, not something that just came easy. So, no, nothing. Sorry, nothing I, I, I had to share that. I, it, yeah. It, yeah. it was in the back of my mind <laughs> from the beginning yeah. of the yeah. interview. Nothing Absolutely. is easy. Uh, life is hard. Whoever you are, it doesn't matter, rich or poor, uh, you are the color of your skin. No, nothing is easy ever. You will not, unless, okay, maybe you're the son of like Bill Gates and you don't care about like uh, anything. And still, still it depends. Like, I mean, the health is important. Like, so you can still be affected by the world around you. And nothing is easy. Um, the mindset changes everything, how you go through things. Uh, at the moment, we talk a lot about uh, gender equality, failure, acceptation of your body, your own body. This is like all in your mind, and this is like how you change things. Um, about about my career, what you said, Alexi, it's the same. Like uh, it, it, it was hard. I had tough moments at some point. It's about accepting, um, taking good takeaways, being surrounded by good people, making the right choices, and most often, most of the, most of the time, the right choice. It's maybe not the most logical, but what you think is the right thing for you, uh, even if it means moving away from what you were like dreaming about for like 10 years. So it's not easy. Um, but about the advices um, for your question, there's a lot of things you can do, um, a lot, actually. If you're French, you have uh, IFGV, which is like the French Association for Video Games. Uh, they have job offers on the board every single day. Um, you can learn or ask someone to explain to you how to use the filters on LinkedIn. Uh, I have a filter with localization and there's like hundreds of jobs every day all around the world might not fit. But the most important thing in the video games industry is to get your foot into it. So you may be able to, you may have to do some compromises, maybe to relocate, maybe to work uh, in the field that you were not targeting initially. Um, what you can do, you can follow the right people. Like when I'm looking for a job, which, which not, didn't happen for a while, but uh, I had uh, a um, browser open and every single tab, I had like one of the companies I wanted to work with. And once a week, I would go through all the job offers and actually check. And so also what you can do on top of LinkedIn, uh, you can ask people to check your resume, uh, especially if you work in acquisition, avoid a spending mistake, this kind of thing. Uh, cover letter as well. Uh, you can you have free courses on LinkedIn. You can learn a lot from other people, like uh, like I mentioned, Marina, uh, who's posting a lot, and she's not alone. Lara, you also like uh, posting a lot. So it, it is true. Uh, it's up to you to be proactive and to do the steps. It doesn't guarantee that you will get the job you want, but you're on the right path. That's the best thing you can do. You don't control the rest, but yeah, just be whatever you can to learn, grow, and it's, it's going to be, you're going to, it's a win-win situation anyway. Whatever you learn, it's for you. Mm -hmm. So, oh, and one, one thing I, I would also mention, what is thing is quite important to me, uh, it's a culture of feedback. Uh, it's not easy. People may think it's easy, um, but it's not easy at all, like in real life, to know when to provide feedback, 
the timing is very important, who to talk to, and the right words. Uh, how to debrief frustration, how to avoid like a negative uh, spiral. So you also have training and courses on about that. Uh, I think it's, it's quite important to to learn because communication is key um, So in this job. So, yeah. Amazing advices. Thank yeah. you. Amazing advices. Uh, there's this <laughs> saying, right? Shoot for the moon. Even if you miss, you're going to land among the stars anyways. Exactly. Yeah. I like it. And enjoying the process, going back to the start, trying to be happy even even in the during the process, not thinking once we reach the goal, then I'm gonna be happy. You know, so this is something I liked from from the way you said at the beginning. It's very important, uh, and and it's not something you can easily teach. Like, I, it's it sounds easy, like to share some wisdom in a way, but at the end of the day, uh, the best way is to try to fail and try again. Uh, it's is how you learn. So. Yeah. Um, at, at the end of the day, like, if you try very hard to reach an objective because you think this is what you should do, it's maybe not the best thing. You should think about, okay, I want to do that. Yes, no, go for it. Uh, it it's, it's hard to share, but yeah. Yeah, it's That's a great thing. mindset. Yeah, I love that. Amazing, Theo. Thank you very, very much for taking the time to be with us here today. Uh, I, we could go on. I mean, we have, we had go on talking over dinner in the past, uh, but for today's episode, uh, this is the end. Thank you very much, uh, Lali, Meli, and thank you all for sticking around till the end of the episode. And please don't forget to follow us on our social media down below. We're gonna leave you the links yeah i don't know where it is here 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 you know where it is you know where they are uh, we're gonna leave you some links that we've talked uh in the in the interview wherever those links are and we'll see you next time thank you everyone bye bye thank you very much thank, thank you. you Theo. bye everyone